0: That ought to make a backslidden Baptist want to shout. I tell you what, don't you appreciate that choir also, man? Praise the Lord. I know a little bit about music, not a great deal, but I can tell you they didn't learn that this week. <laughs> I could promise you that. Turn if you would to the fourth chapter of the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter four is where we'll be this morning. If we going to go through the book of Matthew on Sunday mornings. So we think this morning about don't give in to temptation. Don't give in to temptation. Matthew chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. Would you stand please in honor of God's holy, inspired, inerrant, all-sufficient word. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, Cast thyself down, for it's written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. Verse 7, Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them, And he saith unto them, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning. What a blessing to be in this place. What a blessing to be with God's people What a blessing to sense the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit that's so real in this place this morning. God, would you cleanse me? Would you direct my words uh, that no one would see me or anything else save Jesus? And Lord, we lift you up and we ask you to be lifted up above all others that Jesus might be glorified in this place. Souls would be saved. Backslidden Christians would come home once again and say, I want to serve Jesus. Let your will be done in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Matthew 3 is the beginning of the public ministry of Jesus. That's the time when Jesus has walked some 60 miles. And uh, that's kind of our root word there. He was baptized by John the Baptist. I'm thankful Baptists have been around a long time. Uh, that's just a joke now, guys. don't, don't We didn't go back then. Uh, but I'm thankful for John the Baptist. Uh, really, it's a, it's a beautiful picture of the Trinity coming together. God the Son is there. He's going in the baptismal water. He's coming back up. God the Holy Spirit is there. He's like a dove flying around. And God the Father is there when he's speaking from heaven saying, "'This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased.'" Now I think what the lord was what the Father was saying here is, Jesus is not starting something on his own. He's not beginning something. This is a God thing. what what we What we see that the Lord has done for us is a God thing. This is my beloved son, he said, in whom I'm well pleased, and right after this baptism, right after the triumph, right after such a happy occasion. The Bible says in verse 4 of chapter 1, Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness right after all of this. Now, the Lord was not led there to prove something to God. God knows everything. The Lord was not led there so he could find out some things about Jesus. That's not like you and I. Maybe we need to find out some things about ourselves if we really love the Lord. He was sinless, He was holy, He's in the flesh. But he was not in the flesh to prove something to God. He was in the flesh to prove to us that we don't have to yield to temptation. There is a way out of yielding to temptation. Uh, we can get knocked down and ground in the dust. And uh, Jesus, the man, Hebrews says, He was tempted as all points like we are. He was tempted. He took His humanity. He stepped into the realm that we deal with every day. And as he stepped into that realm, friend, let me tell you, he didn't go down. He didn't go down. He passed the test. He was the second Adam, and just like the first Adam, he was tempted. And uh, that first Adam had everything, yet he wanted what he couldn't have. The second Adam, at this moment, had nothing, and yet he was perfectly willing to wait upon the Lord. This first Adam bowed down to pressure, and because of that, you and I have been thrown into sin That second Adam steadfastly did not yield. That first Adam threw us into sin and destruction. But because of the second Adam, we have victory in Jesus. He's setting the example for you and I. And as powerful as temptation is, we don't have to yield. I said as powerful as temptation is, we don't have to yield. There's never a week goes by. I don't get a phone call, a text, read an article, some form or fashion that some blood-washed, sold-out, bought child of God has thrown up his hands and said, I can't do it anymore. I can't make it. I can't stand. Jesus is telling us that this world is wicked, that this world is evil, that sin is powerful. But in spite of all of that, he gives us an example here in Matthew 4 that we can make it. Yield not to temptation. Is what Jesus is saying here. Now, let's look at it quickly. First of all, there's a reality of temptation. Is it really real? I mean, is temptation really real? Somebody say amen. Amen, Amen. Amen. it's real. It's real as it can be. James said, let no man uh, say when he is tempted. He didn't say, let no man say if he's tempted. He said, let no man say when he's tempted. I don't care who you are this morning. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care how deep spiritually you are this morning. I don't care what your mom and daddy were. I'm telling you, you will be tempted. He tempted Jesus, and don't you think you're going to get by without it either? He is going to tempt us. We need to understand we've got an enemy. Verse 1 Jesus was led up of the Spirit in the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Verse 3 When the tempter came. Verse 5 The devil taketh him up. Verse 8 Again, the devil taketh him up. Verse 9. He said, all these things I'll give thee if you'll fall down and worship me. And then verse 11, the devil leaveth him. In case you don't know who that devil is, Peter called him that roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. John says he's a liar and a murderer, has been from the beginning. Revelation says he's an adversary of God. And Job says he's an accuser of the brethren. He is, uh, he is uh, <laughs> sneaking, conniving, backbiting, lying, cheating. And he can't stand you. He can't stand you. He can't stand Jesus. He can't stand anything about the kingdom of God. We've got an enemy, but I'll tell you what else we got. We got a flesh. Ooh, have mercy. Jesus didn't have a sin nature, but he put himself in our place. He felt like we feel. He faced what we faced. He encountered what we encountered. Could could I remind you of something? When you got saved, how many of y'all saved this morning? Amen. Praise the Lord. Could I remind you when you got saved, your flesh didn't get saved. Your spirit got saved. That old flesh is still there. That sinful nature, you inherited it from Adam. That's why your mama never had to teach you to be bad. Huh? You don't believe that's true, we'll go over here in the nursery. You won't find that little 18-month-old walking up to another one saying, could I borrow your toy for a moment? You'll find that dude jerk that thing out of his hand, and then bedlam will break loose. And they'll throw a wall-eyed fit. That's depravity, that's filth, that's the vileness, that's the bad attitude, that's the jealousy, that's the temper, that's the lust. Paul said, these things I want to do, I don't do, and the things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. You can get saved and live in the Spirit, but that flesh will always, I better say that again, you can get saved and live in the Spirit, but that flesh will always come against you because the flesh is anti-Christ it's anti-God, it's anti-church, it's anti-Bible, it's anti-Jesus. We've got an enemy, we've got a flesh, but praise God, we've got a future. Amen? We've got a future. And that's why, the devil knows that, that's why he tempts us. Jesus had a future. Listen, his future's not here in Matthew 4. If, he if this would have been the end of him, we never would have seen Matthew 28 where he kicked the devil good duck. I mean literally when they went to that tomb and said, whoo, he's not here. He's risen just like he said he would. Yeah. Hey, Jesus had a future. Our young people, kids, bless God, where are they? Are they all up? To oh Lord, you go to camp back backslidden like I don't know what. <laughs> Good grief. Well. I'll have to look up there when I'm preaching to you kids this morning. You wanna know why you got problems with vaping and drugs and all of those things? Because the devil knows you've got a future. You wanna know why you can pass out condoms all over America? Because the devil knows you've got a future. You wanna know why you can have an abortion? as a young girl and your mama not even allowed to be in the room because the devil knows you've got a future. You want to know why we can teach evolution, why we're trying to figure out what gender you are? The devil's got all of that going because he knows you've got a future. You've got a future in the Lord Jesus Christ. You want to know why marriage is ending in divorce? Because the devil hates the institution of the home. He doesn't want you praying. He don't want you preaching. He don't want you singing in the choir. He don't want you on Wednesday night prayer meeting. He don't want you to be pure because he knows you've got a future. I tell you, yield not to temptation. We've got an enemy. Amen? Amen. Let me just tell you, it's not the church member sitting across the aisle that won't speak to you. It's not the one that won't shake your hand. It's not your mom or dad who takes your cell phone, and sees who you've called. I had this week a young man call me upset. I want you to talk to my mom and daddy. They have infiltrated my Facebook, and they've invi- violated me. I said, well, I'm going to talk to them, but I'm going to congratulate them. <laughs> now, I, I just tell you guys, listen, you, you guys are too young to know the real truth, but if you're living under. Your mom and daddy's house, uh, they, they mm, that's their house. That's their airwaves. You say, oh, no, I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear that. Well, you, you, not if you want to. That's all right. But I want to tell you, your, your, pro, your enemy is not your mom or dad who takes the cell phone. Your enemy is not the preacher who's giving you the word of God. Your enemy is not the youth minister who wants you to live up to a standard. Your enemy's that lying, cheating, no-good, snake-crawling, conniving, backbiting devil. That's your enemy. He's the foe. He's the enemy. We've got an enemy. We've got a flesh, and we've got a future. And it would behoove us to take advantage of us together, to come together, to use our resources to fight the devil, to try to see if we can't get more of our family members out of hell and into heaven. To see if we can't get more of our friends and our neighbors out of hell and into heaven. It would behoove us to do that. You want to put somebody on mute? Don't, put the devil on mute. You, you want to walk by somebody and not speak? Walk past the devil and don't talk to him. You want to ignore phone calls? Don't answer the devil's calls. But for goodness sake, when we come together as sheep, let's let's not try to find out who we can polarize and who we can ostracize. Because I want to tell you, the bottom line is, when one of us hurts, we're family of God. When one hurts, we all hurt. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. Let's get together. We ought to be one. Because when the devil shows up at your doorstep, it's like he's showing up at my doorstep. Mm. The reality, is it real? I guarantee you he's real. (laughs) Well, let's look at the characteristics of the temptations. Jesus is walking down a corridor of death. He's the example. He's the standard. Now, if the devil pulled out all the stops to get to Jesus, he's going to do it all on you too. Don't don't think you're going to get out of this thing. You're not. He's had no food for 40 days. The best time to get you to give in to temptations is when you hadn't had something. No food, so he tempts him with bread. What he's saying here is, Jesus, instead of trusting the Father to take care of you, why don't you go ahead and take care of yourself? Why don't you just go ahead and and take care of yourself instead of trusting the Father? (laughs) Let me me tell you, Jesus didn't need a rock to turn it into a into bread he could have made it out of nothing he made the heavens and the earth out of nothing it wasn't his time to show his powers it wasn't his time to be great it was his time to yield to the Holy Spirit now listen poke your neighbor and wake him up say this is going to be worth listening to you don't get anything else you can go back to sleep just calm down listen to this listen to this Jesus, if he would have used his power to turn those stones into bread, you and I would have no example because we can't do that. Some of you can't make bread using a recipe. (laughs) Bless God, you sure can't make bread out of nothing. If Jesus would have said, all right, I'm hungry, I'm going to turn these stones into bread, we wouldn't have the example. Because we can't make bread. I tell you, some some of the singles I've talked to, you've convinced yourself that he or she, the right one, is never going to come along. So you go out and try to find Mr. Right and Ms. Wrong on yourself. I say Mr. Right and Ms. Right. You end up getting Mr. and Ms. Wrong. Don't you think God knows how long it's been you've been waiting for somebody? Don't you think God knows how long you've been praying? How long you've been waiting? Jesus, you you take this stone and you make some bread. Hmm. Then he tempts Jesus against the plan of God. Verse 5, the devil taketh him up into the holy city, setteth him on a pinnacle, probably some 500 feet high. He could have done that. He's not limited. He could have dove off of that thing and landed right in the middle of the crowd. And you know what everybody did have done? Wow. Ooh. Roll out the red carpet. He's going to be on CNN and Fox next week. He's going to write a book. We're going to do a movie about it. He's famous. Only problem is Jesus didn't come to be famous. Jesus came to be the sacrificial lamb. He didn't come to build his own empire. He came as a lamb, came as a sacrifice. Now, you listen. If we're not careful, we'll let the devil talk us into something. Oh, if you could do this, you could be in the lamb light. Boy, if you did this, people would look up and know you were somebody. Boy, if you just lift yourself. It's not your job to lift yourself up. It's your job to humble yourself before the Lord and he'll lift you up in due time. Boy, if I could pull this off, I tell you, if I could get in that position, no. Then thirdly, he tempts him against the protection of God. He said, look, if you was to jump off here, these angels are going to take care of you. The Bible says God's got angels going to watch over you. Could I tell you something this morning? You better listen to this. You don't need to jump off a building to show that God's going to protect you. You you don't need to hold a gun to your head and say, well, God's going to let it click. You may wake up in heaven. You don't need to go out here on I-20 and say, I'll tell you what, I'm by faith. I'm going to stand right here. That 18-wheeler's not going to hurt me. You better get ready. He may deliver you. I'm not saying he can't. He certainly can I'm just probably telling you you're a nut. (laughs) And he probably won't. You want to know if the Lord protects you or not? Just think how many times you've left the home in the morning and got back that night. You think about how many times you got on an airplane and took off and it touched down on the other side. You think about the unseen and seen dangers you think about all the times you drove and some drunk didn't hit you, how you got up. You think about the fact that your name never showed up in the obituary. I tell you, I do a lots of driving at night between here and, and southeast Texas. and I'll tell you right now, you get about 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, San Augustine brought us, them people are crazy. They're all drunk. Ain't nobody on the road but me and the drunks. God has protected me. I don't have to jump off a building to know if he'll protect me or not. It's amazing to me how Christian people will usurp the authority of God, do what they want to do, and then cry, oh God, if you don't deliver me, I'm going to die. You may die. Find yourself in a corner. Well, let me give you the fourth thing. He tempts them against the preeminence of God. He said, hey, All these buildings, all these lands, they're yours if you'll bow down and worship me. (laughs) Don't you want to call the devil a knothead every once in a while? I mean, can't you see Jesus saying, listen, knothead, I'm the one who created these buildings. I'm the one who made this earth. It's already mine. Now, you've got it for a little while because it's under a curse, but I'll tell you what. You better enjoy it while you can because your day's coming. What he's saying is, let's worship somebody besides God. You'll find that in our country today. You'll find it in the Bible all throughout the Old Testament. It was never, I mean, there were times when they tried to wipe God out, but usually it's not God or somebody. Usually, usually. It's God and somebody. Y'all go ahead and worship God, but let's go ahead and add this other God in there too. You can worship God, but let's go ahead and worship these other people here too. You say, preacher, I'd never do that. Well, really? If we could look inside your heart, could we see that maybe you're bowing to your job more than you're bowing to your eternal God? If we could just have a little dialogue of what you've done, Could maybe we see that your ball team may be important more so than your Savior? Could we just look in your checkbook and there may be something that's more important to you than the kingdom of God? (laughs) You see, the devil will promise you stuff he don't have. He'll say, if you marry this person, I'm going to give you joy. He can't give you joy. He don't have joy. It ain't, it ain't his to give. If you'll take this job, I'll give you peace. He can't give you peace. He don't have peace. The only one who can give you peace is Jesus. There's nobody else can do that. But if you're not careful, he'll hoodwink you into thinking he'll give you something he can't even give you. We grandparents have to be real careful about that. Mouthing off talking about what we're going to give our grandkids. Got to be careful. Because they don't forget. They do not forget. You better be ready to come through with it when you say, I'm going to. You better be ready to come through with it. The scripture says, Love not the world or the things in the world. Well, let me give you the answer and I'm through. Jesus is choosing to operate in the realm of humanity. In Philippians chapter 2, the scripture says that he thought it not robbery to be equal with god you go home today they call that in philippians 2 the kenosis theory that kenosis theory it simply means that when god became man he gave up his deity now that's hogwash he didn't give up his deity he chose not to use his deity He chose to become as man. He thought enough about mankind. He had a heart big enough for mankind that he was not willing to use the resources that were available to him. He could have gotten rid of the devil a long time ago. He had it all, the seraphim, cherubim. He he set it all aside. Why? To be like us. And when he went down and fought, he could say to us, We've got the example. We've got the standard. You fight the devil like I fight the devil. Wow. You say, are you sure? Let me tell you, he's just like us. He sweat. He sweated. Bible says, John 11, he wept. On the cross, he thirsted. Luke chapter 8 says he was on the boat. And and, and Luke chapter 8 says that he, he was asleep in the bottom of the boat. Well, Psalm 121 says that he neither slumbers nor sleep. What is it? Does he not slumber or sleep? Or does he slumber and sleep? Yeah, Psalm 121 is referring to the deity. But Luke 8 is referring to his humanity. He chose to leave the things of heaven and to leave all that aside and come and walk with us. Let me encourage you. Just four things, and I'm through. Walk with God. Walk with God. The Bible says he was led of the Spirit. The Bible says walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the laws of the flesh. Now, listen to me. It did not say you would not feel the laws of the flesh. You will feel them. But you will not fulfill them. Wow. Amos said, can two walk together except they be agreed? John said, walk in the light as he is in the light. Enoch, oh, praise God. He got, he was in sync with God. How, how in sync can you get to where God says, just come on home with me tonight? Walk with God. The second thing is the word of God. Did you notice every time Jesus responded? He said, the tempter came, and he said, Thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. But Jesus answered and said, You know, I'm not really hungry for bread right now. No, you know what he answered and said? It is written. It is written. See, if you don't know the Word of God, you can't come against the devil like that. you got to know the Word of God. We've been doing it for a long time here, and I praise God I know most of y'all don't participate in this, but one of the reasons we have a Scripture of the Month is to try to drive it through your head that you can memorize Scripture. And I was telling oh, I can't do that. No, but you knew the 1968 World Series champs and all their batting averages, but you're not smart enough to memorize a Scripture. But I want to tell you what God will do anyway. You keep saying it, and if you need it, God will bring it back to you. It may not be word for word, but he'll bring it back to you. Get in the word of God. You young people, shut out a date on Friday night and say, I'm going to just study the word of God tonight. Wouldn't that be a hoot? Mm. Get along with God. Drown in the word of God. Walk with God. Get in the word of God. Oh, I wish this other one wasn't here. Wait on God. Mmm, that waiting's hard. Man, it's hard. I want to do just like those disciples. Go get them, Jesus. Let's do it right now. We've had enough of this. We've got a belly full. Let's wipe them out right now. Let's do it now. But see, if he would have done that, you wouldn't have an opportunity to be saved. Hmm? He can take anybody out at any time. But, oh, we ought to be praying for salvation. He's coming back as a lion, but it's not yet. But don't worry. He's coming. He's coming. You walk with God, the Word of God, you wait on God, and the last thing you do is you worship God. Don't worship anything else. Our devotion, our adoration, our love and affection. (laughs) Sometimes we're blinded by the devil. We really are. But a lot of times, we just plan this thing out. I heard about that little boy, older boy. His daddy said, don't swim in the canal. He said, okay, dad. But he came home carrying a wet bathing suit that afternoon. The daddy said, where have you been? The boy said, I've been swimming in the canal. The daddy said, didn't I tell you not to swim in that that canal? He said, yes, sir. He said, "Well then why did you do that?" He said, "Well, Dad, I had my bathing suit with me, and I couldn't resist the temptation." And the dad said, "Well, why'd you take your bathing suit with you?" He said, "So I'd be prepared to swim in case I got tempted." Hmm. <laughs> who, Oh me?" You see, too many of us expect to sin and excite sin. The remedy for such is found in Romans chapter 13, verse 14. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. You see, whenever we play with temptation, it's easy to get in great danger. We used to sing an old song They made fun of me when I picked these hymnals out. (laughs) A lot of people did. (laughs) Uh, But they got some good old songs in it. I picked the one out at Mason Creek. It don't have it in it, but this one's got it in it. I think it's page 244. It's an old song some of us old-timers will remember. Yield not to temptation, for yielding is sin. Every victory will help you some other to win. Fight manfully onward, dark passion subdued. Look ever to Jesus. He'll carry you through. Ask the Savior to help you. Comfort, strengthen, and keep you. He is willing to aid you. He will carry you through. I don't know what you're going through this morning. But I'll tell you, when you've backed in a corner and you realize the only thing you've got going for you is the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to realize He's all you need. He is absolutely all you need. Maybe today God's got you backed into a corner. Maybe today you're not even saved. I'm to tell you right now, you, you can't get on the winning team unless you get on the winning team. The only way you can do that is to admit you're a sinner that you can't save yourself, and you invite Jesus to take over your life as Lord and Savior of your life. And the Bible says that he'll... Do, Whosoever is called upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, Romans 10, 13. Wow. He's waiting for you to come. Maybe you're here this morning and you've been a Christian for a long time. May I tell you, God done rung your bell this morning. You've been yielding to temptation your heart's been condemning you, you don't like what you're having to go through on the inside, I want to tell you, this is the day you need to come to the altar and say, Lord, I'm giving it up. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to be your soldier. Maybe you need a church home. Outside of the pastor, this is almost a perfect church. I mean, it's just right. You didn't have to say amen. It's just right in there. It really is. You won't find people that will, I'm not telling you we don't have some crankheads here. We got some. But you won't find on average any church that will love the Lord and love you more than this church right here. You won't find that. So I invite you to come. Father, thank you this morning how we were blessed with the music. I pray this morning that people would be reconciled to you as Lord and Savior of their life. Lord, I pray this morning, maybe that one that's lost without Christ, that this would be their day of salvation, that you would bring them to you. Lord, for those that backslidden and those that just don't care anymore, oh, God, would you reach down and touch them? Would you show them that you're alive and you want to minister to them? You want to walk with them and talk with them? You want them to be in your word Lord, you want us to live a victorious life. We can have victory in Jesus today. Let your will be done, Lord Jesus. We're asking it in the name of Jesus. Amen.